Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. Good to be with you. It is a gorgeous day here in Tulsa. I pray that you're doing well. I pray that you love God. I pray that you know how much he loves you. There's a a saying uh, that he loves you um, just the way you are today, but much too much to let you stay that way. And when he's changed your life from what it was before, he still won't love you one bit more because all you need to do to get in God's way is to get loved. The other way, all you need to do to get loved is to get in God's way. He loves you. He loved you from the beginning before you were born. He loves you. And now he will love you to the end. He will never stop loving you. Uh, He loves the souls that are in hell. I know that's not good news, but he does. He loves it. He's a God of love. It's not just a quality or an attribute of God. It's what God is. He is love, but he gives us the free will to make our choices. And our free will is freedom to do what is right, not to do what is wrong. We don't have a right. We have the freedom to turn from God, but we don't have the freedom to do what is wrong. Uh, Well, we have the freedom. Yes, we don't have a right. God never gave Adam and Eve a right to turn from him, but he gave them the freedom to not turn from love, but they chose that. So we today, beloved, have the same, same choice. Um, We started reading yesterday, and I promised you that I would catch up on all the emails this week that we couldn't get to last week. And so we'll just read this little bit that I started yesterday from the spirit of St. Francis de Sales, that book, And we're right at the beginning, part one, chapter one, on perfection generally. And the second point of that is the best way to perfection is a hearty love of God. This is is my very favorite in the whole book. I asked the bishop, I is Bishop Camus, who was discipled by St. Francis de Sales in the 17th century, early 17th century, uh, late uh, early 1600s, and um, just couldn't believe St. Francis de Sales was real. Uh, drew, uh, uh, um, uh, made holes, I forget the word, in his uh, ceiling so he could peer on him, or I think he was above the room and he could look down on him, rather, and see everything St. Francis de Sales did in the privacy of his bedroom. Oy, oy, oy. But he he saw that St. Francis de Sales in his privacy was exactly what he was in public. The same use of time, the same holy man, just amazing. So he would ask, and St. Francis is known, St. Francis de Sales is known as the gentle saint and the saint of love and a few other things. And so Bishop Camus says, I asked the Bishop of Geneva, who was St. Francis de Sales, what one must do to attain perfection. 
And St. Francis de Sales said, You must love God with all your heart, he answered, and your neighbor as yourself. Now, all St. Francis did was repeat our Lord's words. And so Bishop Camus said, I did not ask where imperfection lies. I asked, but how to attain it? How? I was supposed to love how? And St. Francis said, charity. That is both means and end. The only way by which we can reach that perfection, which is in truth, after all, but charity itself. St. Paul says, I will show you a more excellent way. And then he enlarges more fully upon charity. It is the life of all that is good. Without charity, all graces die. It is the only way to God, the only truth, the only life of the soul, for it brings us forth from the death, the death of sin in the life of grace. It kindles faith and hope. And just as the soul is the life of the body, as charity, uh, so charity is the life of the soul. I'm repeating this from yesterday because I had misplaced the pages. Pages of the book are all out all over the place because I've gone through it so much. Um, Dr. Larry Feingold, I don't suppose you're listening. He's teaching at seminary. Um, but he and his wife, Marcia, gave me this book. And it's, it's a mess because that's how many times I've gone through it. St. Francis de Sales is my favorite saint, and this is my favorite book of his. It's become so. Um, so... Bishop Camus was getting more frustrated by the moment with um, um, with uh, the great St. Francis de Sales. He says, I know all that, I said, but I wanted to know how, how, how one, he didn't repeat that, I did, how one is to love God with all one's heart and one's neighbor as myself, as how But again, he answered, St. Francis de Sales answered again, we must love God with all, we must love God with all our hearts and our neighbor as ourselves. And Bishop Camus is really at quite a frustration level here. And he says, I am no further than I was. Tell me how to acquire such love. And St. Francis says this, the best way, the shortest and easiest way of loving God with all one's heart is to love him wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, and heartily. And Bishop Camus says he would give no other answer. At last, however, the bishop said this, there are many beside you who want me to tell them of methods and systems and secret ways of becoming perfect. And I can only tell them that the soul secret is a hearty love of God. You know, beloved, when I read this, I suspect I was more frustrated than than Bishop Camus. I said, St. Francis, of course he died 500 years ago or so. I said, but St. Francis, why aren't you getting his question? You keep repeating that what's needed is a hearty love of God. But he keeps asking, and I want to know, how? 
How do you attain that love? You're not answering the question. Um, And so then St. Francis says, the soul's secret is a hearty love of God, and the only way of attaining that love is by loving. Oy, oy, oy. But how do you love? My good, what's wrong with this saint? And then he goes on to say this. You learn to speak by speaking, to study by studying, to run by running, to work by working, and just so you learn to love God and man by loving. All those who think to learn in any other way deceives themselves, deceive themselves. If you want to love God, go on loving him more and more. Never look back. Press forward continually. Begin, and that's this is where we uh, left off yesterday. I lost the page, but we've got it, thanks to God. Um, begin a mere apprentice, and the very power of love will lead you on to become a master in the art. Those who have made most progress will continually press on, never believing themselves to have reached their end. For charity should go on increasing till we draw our last breath. Those who are furthest on may with David, King David, say, Lord, What love have I unto thy law? All the day it is my study. All the day is my study in it. And with the great St. Francis, quote, when shall we begin to love? Now, David didn't say that. Um, All the day long is my study in it. End quote. That's from Psalm 119. And Bishop Camus and St. Francis continues to say, and with the great uh, St. Francis, um, I would, um, I think St. Francis is speaking here, so the great St. Francis would be, uh, it's either Francis de, uh, of Assisi or, or um, yes, it would be Francis of Assisi, I think, uh, after whom he may have been named. St. Francis de Sales. I've never confirmed that. And he continues to say, and quoting St. Francis, I think of Assisi, when shall we begin to love and serve God with all our heart and our neighbor as ourselves? The only way to learn how to love is by loving. And I thought, oh no, I don't know how to love. That's not going to help me. I've got to do it. And then he says, by writing, you learn to write. Uh, you learn to walk by walking and all of that. And I said, okay, when we learn to walk, we don't know how to walk, but we take a step and we fall. And that's how we learn to love. We just make a decision. God made a decision. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It's a verb. He gave. If you read chapter, the chapter on love in the scriptures, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is kind, love is patience, love doesn't hold a grudge, uh, all of that. It's what love does. It's a verb. And so we need to make a decision. To, with anybody, in any circumstance, at any time, we can choose to love. We can. 
don't worry about feelings. Feelings aren't even included here. But when we truly love, feelings follow. I can promise you that. I think you probably already know that. When we truly love, um, the feelings will follow. Don't worry about how you feel. Um, If um, I'm thinking if you have a command to, to shut the door, someone says, shut that door, you don't have to feel good about it. But you, you shut the door. You shut the door. You figure you know how to shut the door. God says love. Learn to love by loving. How do you love? You love by listening to someone. You love by meeting their needs just as you meet your own needs. When you're hungry, you eat. When you're cold, you put on a sweater. Um, when you're feeling sick, you uh, lie down or take medicine. You love yourself. No matter what you feel about yourself, you love yourself. And that's how we are to love others, by meeting their needs, by listening to them. It's probably the greatest way you can love is by listening, probably the greatest way. And just listen. Don't argue. Hear someone. Hear them out. Forgive them as God in Christ has forgiven you. Tons and tons of way to love. Take baby steps. You're going to fall. Don't worry about it. Someone may not accept your love. It's got, got nothing to do with them. You are the one that grow, wants to grow in love. They didn't ask how to accept your love. You asked how to love. Just love. Don't let anyone stop or control you. Nobody. God will help you. I'm going to go on to the third point for today, um, since we covered most of it, the yes, second point yesterday. And this is the third point on, I have to keep going back with all these loose pages, on perfection in general. Um, and the third point of that is wherein true love of God consists. I know, said Bishop Camus, I know that Christian perfection is love and that one must love God for himself and man for love of God. But I want to know what it is to love. There is Bishop Camus going at it again with St. Francis de Sales. And St. Francis said, Love is the chief passion of the heart, that which prompts us to do whatever, to do, not to feel, to do, beloved, whatever is good. And a true love of God and man implies our wishing all that is good to God for his own sake and to our neighbor for love of him. But, Bishop Camus asked, how can we wish anything for God, who is our sole essential goodness and sovereign good? And St. Francis says, we can desire good in two ways for God. That good which he already has by rejoicing in that he is and that nothing can be added to the greatness of his perfection, as also that good which he has not. A good which he has not? Practically, it is within our power to offer it by the will and affectionate and affections if it is not within our power. Now, let me read that again. We can desire good in two ways for God, 
This is St. Francis de Sales. That good which he already has, by rejoicing in that he is, and that nothing can be added to the greatness of his perfection. We desire that good. We could say God is good, sure, but to desire that good um, is to wish for God, to want it, to go into union with him, to draw near to him, to love him, to appreciate him. We're already loving if we're rejoicing in the goodness that God is. And also, that good which he has not. That good which he has not. Is there a good which God has not? He has not. Practically, um, if it is within our power to offer it by the will and affections, if it is not within our power. So that good which God has not practically, if it is within our power to offer it. Now, what good does, I wish he would give, maybe he gives an example as we read further, but what good is not in God's power to offer? What is? Maybe a homeless man shows up at our door, or as many of the saints, they've met homeless um, street people and uh they're the only ones around to do good, and they feed them and they care for them. And uh, sometimes, in, in more than one case, that homeless man has turned into Christ physically before that saint's eyes. But you see, as Mother Teresa would still teach us, they are always Christ, Christ in his distressing disguise. And we are the ones, we, so to speak, as others have said, are his hands and feet. We are the ones that need to do at that moment what our hands and feet can do. And if we cannot do it, we do it by the will and affections. If it's not within our power, we do it by our will and affection. If I come across a homeless man and a homeless person, and he's really down and out, and I don't have any money for food on me, um... I can stay with them. I can bring them someplace. I can comfort them in other ways. Um, and so here, just as I suspected, Bishop Camus says, "What you think I would have this memorized by now? I've read it so often, but it's 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 sizable. And if you read one or two points each day, it's a long time before you come back to the beginning. What possible good is there which God has not?" I rejoined, Bishop Camus. And St. Francis says, I was about to tell you. I mean that which is called external and which accrues to him, to God, through the honor and worship paid by his creatures, especially those whom he has endowed with the gift of reason. If we really love God, we shall strive to render him the service by this service by promoting his glory in all we do. And in, not in great things only, but in trifles, trifles also. And furthermore, we shall strive earnestly to lead our neighbor to love and serve him too, so that he may everywhere and in all things, God may in everywhere and all things receive glory and honor. If we really love our neighbor, we shall rejoice in all that he possesses that is good. 
so far as he turns it to God's glory. We shall gladly render him every service which he can require at our hands. We shall be zealous for his soul's welfare and seek to promote it as our own because it is acceptable to God. This is true charity, not solid love of God for his own... I misread that. This is true charity, real, solid love of God for his own sake and of man for God's sake. People say, or they ask, what is it to give God glory? What is God's glory? Well, I don't know that I've ever... Uh, I've I've read so many attempts at defining the glory of God. We're finite. How can we fully attempt that? But one one um, uh, uh, professor had said it is the um, the sum of his perfections. In other words, it is all, the reflection, in a sense, of all that God. His glory is all that He is. And when we give God glory, my understanding, which is, I'm not a theologian, and it's what I've understood to now, but I, I have all the world to learn ahead of me. Um, when we give God glory, it is as if we are reflecting him as in a mirror, so that when people look at us, they're seeing God. You see, when we reflect God in his perfections, in his attributes uh, to others, we're giving him the glory. We're showing him to others. He can bounce off us as a mirror, and his glory reaches the world. His glory is who he is, and when people encounter us, they encounter God, his love, his kindness, all of that. Oh, how I wish that were the case with me, but I don't despair because I know it's more the case with me now than it was last year. I can tell you that, and please, God, It'll be more less uh, more the case, even more the case next year than it is right now. So, um, truly wonderful. And what we'll do, beloved, is begin. Um, we'll begin tomorrow with the fourth point. Uh, true devotion is best practiced in our natural calling. What is that? True devotion is best practiced in our natural calling, and we'll. Um, a natural calling, that's not speaking of um, a physical environment, but vocation. So we'll, we'll take that tomorrow. And for today, beloved, we're going to begin to take your calls and your texts and your emails so we can begin to catch up on some of those emails from last week. And again, you are free to call in, beloved, toll free, or to text at one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have an email from Elizabeth who says, Dear Mother Miriam, I had to write you to res- express my regret. Oh, we started this yesterday and the closing music for the program came on and we weren't able to finish reading it. And I, Elizabeth, wasn't uh, able either to complete reading it because the call screen went off. Um, So I'll read the whole thing now. I had to write to you to express my regret over having held a negative opinion of you and your work on the radio. Please bear with me. I promise this ends well. 
when you were first aired in our area, she doesn't say what her area is, but that's not a problem. I had major issues accepting your messages. Your NFP, that stands for Natural Family Planning, your NFP discussions had my friend and I outraged along with my husband. We rolled our eyes when we heard you discuss others as not being Catholic and wondered at how you could be on the air. (laughs) I'm sure, Elizabeth, you're not the only one who has wondered how I could be on the air. But all the while, a small voice in my head asked, could she be right? Because deep down, something inside me knew that you were. Over the past year, God has changed me a little. Reading and listening to traditionalist voices have caused our family to seek out a traditional Latin mass, which we now attend. And we are sending our oldest child to a classical Catholic, traditionalist-leaning school in the fall. Oh, the music always comes in with your email. My goodness, Elizabeth. But so far, it is sounding like one of God's miracles. His graces are new, and the mercies are new every morning. Oh, this is fabulous. I can't wait to read the rest, beloved. As soon as we come back from the break, our phone lines are open. Call in toll-free or text one 877 511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy Thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. What we are given in this life, we are meant to share. And this opportunity doesn't need to end when God calls us from this world. Leaving a bequest in your will is a great step to ensuring that we can share our faith with future generations through Catholic Radio. Let your life's financial blessings be a blessing to others to help them learn about Jesus and the gospel message through the Station of the Cross. If you'd like to discuss the possibility of a bequest, please call us at one 877 888 6279 
We also encourage you to speak with your lawyer or financial advisor to learn more about how you can include the Station of the Cross in your will. Thank you for your generosity in sharing the love of God with others for many more years to come. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved Uh, to Mother Miriam Live, and again, we welcome your calls. We have a whole half hour all to ourselves, anything that's on your heart. Again, I often say uh, that the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. You can call or write in anonymously. It's not an issue at all. Our toll-free number to call or text, 877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We are right in the middle of an email. This is twice we've been in the middle of Elizabeth's email. And she wrote to say uh, initially that she was... Uh, uh, had in the uh, when we first started airing when she first started listening uh, to to um, well I guess at the time it may have been heart to heart versus Mother Miriam live and she said the uh, my discussions on NFP natural family planning had her friend and her and her husband outraged they rolled their eyes um, uh, when they when they heard me dismissing others as not being Catholic and wondered how I could even be on the air but but Elizabeth said all the while a small voice in my head asked could she be right because deep down something inside me knew that you were and you know of course dear Elizabeth what that is it's that's God that is the Holy Spirit that is your conscience a gift from God which will always rescue us if we don't continue to abandon it Elizabeth goes on to say, over the past year, I'll just reread this paragraph. Over the past year, God has changed me a little. Uh, Reading and listening to traditionalist voices have caused our family to seek out a traditional Latin mass, which we now attend, um, and we are sending our oldest child to a classical Catholic traditionalist leading school in the fall. Hallelujah. Um, as hard as it was, and sometimes still is, to hear. I said hallelujah for those who aren't watching the live stream. As hard as it was, and sometimes still is, to hear, you speak truth, and I'm grateful for that, and you deserve better than my ignorant opinion. <laughs> that's okay. That's how, My opinions were very ignorant once, and I, I would say many of them still are. <laughs> um And she said, I emailed our local station begging them to rethink their programming for this. I'm very sorry. Oh, that's too funny for me. God bless you, Elizabeth. I'm sorry I caused you that anguish. But blessed be God who works all things together for good. Oh, dear. What did I just do? Hold on one moment. Hold on a moment. I think I just disconnected something. Um... There, I think we're back. Are we back, Paco? Okay. Whoops, hold on. I'm sorry. I just had my cursor in the wrong place and disconnected a hundred things just now. Okay, we're back. Um, 
We're back. I hope Station of the Cross, Paco, can you, are we back? We're good. Okay, blessed be God forever. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, I was careless with my little cursor, and I clicked the off button. Okay. Um, uh, And Elizabeth said, this is just a personal note to thank you for all that you do and for the truth that you share with us. It is appreciated. Well, I just read at the very end, dear Elizabeth, it's a personal note, and I hope, you didn't say confidential, but I I hope it was okay that we aired this, um, that I read it on the air, because I think it'll help others too, and it sure is a dear, sweet encouragement to me. God bless you. I, I am so grateful for what he's done in your family. Truly, truly, truly wonderful. Um, okay, we have a text from somebody who writes it anonymously. And let me just, this is what I was going to say uh, concerning Elizabeth when she said it's a personal note. She didn't say confidential, just confidential. She was just letting me know she didn't have a question. But um, if you do wish anything, not if you, if you email me at mother at the station of the cross.com and you uh, send an email that you do not want read on the air. Say it in your uh, subject line, not for on air. Do not put on air, something like that. And um, and we will not. We will respect that. And Station of the Cross will send it to me. Now, um, I you, there's trouble when that happens for, only because... Uh, I'm not able to keep up with emails, but I I tell you, I will absolutely do the best I can to get back to you. We have another text from somebody who writes in anonymously and says, Hi, Mother Miriam, love your program. My husband and I are both practicing Catholics, but I find that the deeper I delve into my faith, the more a wedge is drawn between him and myself. The more I try to dress modestly, remove any kind of garbage from TV that we watch or try to read, try to end gossipy conversations in the home, the more I am seen as less fun or cranky. Any tips? Oh my goodness. We don't want it to go that way when we grow in holiness, but I praise God for what he's doing in you and don't stop. That's my... uh, advice right off the top, don't stop, don't lessen what you're doing, but maybe how you're doing it, um, you can add to it. Uh, So in other words, if when you try to end gossipy conversations in the home, the more you're seen as less fun or cranky, as far as gossipy conversations, you can look at, um, I'd have to look it up for you, but you can look it up in scripture. Paul's words that neither murderers, nor slanderers, nor gossipers, nor homosexuals, or any other of those grave sins will enter the kingdom of heaven. And um, I guess Paul could have said, you'll be seen as less cranky, um, less fun and cranky, but you won't be in heaven, you see. So show them that and say, you know, I'm not becoming a prude. I'm not becoming a legalist. I want to get to heaven, and I want all of us to get to heaven, and I want us to be the witnesses God has called us to be in the world. And we're not going to be perfect overnight. I'm not going to be perfect overnight, but we need to love and encourage each other to love and good works. We need to do that. 
and again, remove any kind of garbage from TV. We need to feed ourselves uh, holy with holiness. Um, we need to guard all our senses. This is the teaching of the church. What we see, what we hear, uh, we need to guard all that. We need to protect ourselves. You need to protect your children. If you're showing them garbage on TV, you're simply leading them on the wide road to hell. There's no garbage on TV on the narrow path to heaven. None. And as far as dressing modestly, um, oh dear, I tell you what, I'm going to continue this uh, right after the break. Um, There's the music for our second break, beloved. It's quite short, and then we'll have more than 15 minutes to ourselves. Our lines are open. Feel free to call in with anything on your heart, uh, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. I'll be right back. At iCatholic Radio, we're blessed to bring you the good news of Jesus Christ through the latest of technology. But don't rely on just one of your mobile devices for listening to iCatholic Radio. Download our free app to all of your Android and Apple mobile devices, ensuring you never miss a show. That's iCatholic Radio. Great Catholic programming available for download through the Google Play and iTunes stores. Users of iCatholic Radio are raving about our app in the iTunes and Google Play stores. One user says, It's exactly what I was looking for since having a closer walk with my Lord and my God. Great app for the living Catholic. Praise God. Nancy says, This is the best app. I have become a regular listener to it. I use it every day. I also play it all night long while we sleep. Get this app and use it. It will change your life for the better. Another user recommends iCatholic Radio, saying, So sweet a sound. This has allowed me to listen to Catholic Radio when I travel. What an awesome learning tool. Thank you. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, what are you waiting for? Visit your iTunes or Google Play store today. This is Father Jacek Mazur. Please join me in a prayer to St. Oliver Plunkett, glorious martyr St. Oliver, who freely gave your life for your faith. Help us also to be strong in our faith. May we be loyal like you to the See of Peter. By your intercession and example, may all hatred and bitterness be banished from the hearts of men and women. May the peace of Christ reign in our hearts, as it did in yours, even at the moment of your death. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved um, to Mother Miriam Live. It is our last segment together. And if there's anything on your heart you would like to call in about, our lines are wide open and they are toll free or to text at one eight seven seven five one one 
888-528-5483 or email mother uh, at thestationofthecross.com. Email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We're in the middle of a, an email from... Um, or responding to an email from somebody who writes it anonymously. I'll just reread that. I was able to look up a couple of Bible verses at the break. And this mother says, Hi, Mother Miriam, love your program. My husband and I are both practicing Catholics, but I find that the deeper I delve into my faith, the more a wedge is drawn between him and myself. The more I try to dress modestly, remove any kind of garbage from TV that we watch, or try to end gossipy conversations in the home, the more I am seen as less fun or cranky. Any tips? Yes. To be a practicing Catholic is not to go to church on Sunday alone and go to confession um, every so often. That's not to be a practicing Catholic. That is truly um, the minimum to be a Catholic. That's to be a Catholic. To be a practicing Catholic involves your entire life, everything you do, everything you think, everything you say, how you raise your children, what you do and what you don't do, and at the workplace, at home, on the ball field, every place. That's to be a practicing Catholic. Um, the going to church on Sunday and confession once in a while is uh, simply not to be a practicing Catholic. We don't practice that. It is uh, simply to be a Catholic. But to practice your faith is to be a Catholic in your very identity and who you are in all your behavior. So you say to, um, you try to, uh, the more I try to dress modestly, okay, um, you can begin to teach your family. Say, my dear, my dear soulmate, my husband, my children, uh, <clears throat> I've been learning how we can love God more and honor God more. And I'm beginning to move that way so that I honor him in my dress. And so you're not going to see me wearing short uh, skirts and topless things and all of whatever it is on your end. Um, and come on, mom, you're going to be seen as weird. Well, you know what? And that's a good start to being a witness in this world because the world has gone downhill so much. We can be weirdos for Jesus. We can, he died for us. We can be weirdo for him. And then she says, um, remove any kind of garbage from TV that we watch. That's a step to throwing out the TV completely. That You may not wish to do that. But um, that, is, uh, that is paramount. Because if we, you know, the, the, um, our Lord says, if you look on a woman to lust for her, you've committed adultery in your heart. Well, what about looking at all that garbage on TV? What has gone on in your heart? You are dragging your whole body into debauchery. Matthew chapter 6 says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth, or God and mammon. Now, if you sit and watch junk on TV, you are not serving God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you're putting junk in your body. Junk. 
Does it have to be explicitly immoral? No. To be junk? No. It is debauchery. It is junk. And it is not what God made our bodies, the temple of the Holy Spirit, for. Whatever enters into your eyes, whatever enters into your ears, is going to affect your entire body. And then, and your behavior, your heart is what I mean. Um, And then she says... uh, uh, or I try to end gossipy conversations in the home. <clears throat> the more I'm seen as less fun or cranky. Well, here's a verse for you, beloved. It is, oh, there's, there's a ton of verses. And the one that says, we'll not see heaven. I, I, I wasn't able to bring that up uh, at the moment. I, I typed in the word gossips. And it may be that gossipers won't enter heaven. I, I, I have to get the, the word right. But when I put in gossips, I got these three verses from Sirach, uh, the Old Testament. Curse the gossips and the double-tongued, for they destroy the peace of many. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 1, verse 29. They were filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, craftiness, they are gossips. And finally, Paul's letter to Timothy, 1 Timothy 5.13. Besides that, they learn to be idle. This is uh, women who are about the wrong things. They learn to be idle, gadding about from house to house, and they are not merely idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying that they should things they should not say. So there are stronger verses than that in Scripture, such as murderers, slanderers, gossipers, homosexuals. I know those four in there shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. It's very serious. You tell your family it's not a matter of choice of personality. Um, We're looking at heaven or hell. And as parents, your responsibility is to make one another saints and to get your children to heaven. And you can say to your husband, sweetheart, your role as head of this family and my and my head is to get me to heaven. And I'm beginning to dress as if I'm walking that way. (laughs) Okay, and then you can always get um, look up on the Internet or get good books that discuss uh, the things we watch, the things we see, um, the words we choose. Uh, and all of that. Okay, how we dress. We have an anonymous um, uh, caller who left a message offline and says, I take issue with your advice on pornography in the home. I think that the woman should not stay with the man. Okay, so this is probably in response, I haven't read this yet, probably in response to um, a wife who wrote in, and said that her husband, uh, she caught him uh, watching pornography, and she told him how it offended him. And I suggested to her that while the offenses and the hurt is really understood, because it's a form of adultery, uh, but she should understand it as a disease, and she should do everything she can to support and help him. Only love from her will get him out of that. If she doesn't love him... Um, if she doesn't show her love for him, despite his addiction, uh, his addiction will become stronger 
because he'll be more isolated. So that's the background, I think, of this email coming in now. And I'll start from the beginning. She says, or he says, I take issue with your advice on pornography in the home. I think that the woman should not stay with the man while he is trying to stop pornography. It is humiliating and offensive. I was a victim of rape, this woman says. I was a victim of rape, and my husband knew this prior to the marriage. He said that pornography would not be a problem, but it was, and he ended up telling me that he was the head of the household and that I have to go along with it. The church and priests should not mollycoddle the husbands in this circumstance. Well, I totally agree with you for this circumstance. I totally agree with you. My goodness, um, your husband knew that you were a victim of rape before your marriage. He told you pornography would not be a problem, and now it is. And as far as he's concerned, um, you need to go along with it because he's the head of the house. He needs to be put out of the house. I agree with that. That's abuse. He has no idea what it is to be a husband. He has no idea what it is to be the head of the house. A head of the house does not tell his wife she has to go along with it. The head of the house lays down his life for his wife as Christ laid down his life for the church. This man is, I don't even know if he's a Christian, but he's very distorted in all his thinking. Go to Ephesians chapter 5, where a wife is to submit to her husband, but she is to submit to a husband that will lay down his wife, his life for his wife, as Christ did the church. He is not a dictator. He is not a bully. That's not it. And no wife is to submit to that. No wife is to submit to that. Yes, this man should be out of the house. But the other one from the wife who said that she's told her husband he's offended. He said he would stop, but he hasn't. I tried to explain it's not so easy. The will is there, but the flesh is not. And so um, I'd suggest that he got help and that the wife would be there with him in it as if he had any other disease, only this is a lot more difficult, of course. Um, So uh, it's not a rule it's not an ad- a general advice that the husband be put out of the house when he has an addiction to pornography. Absolutely not. We don't put each other out when we become alcoholics or uh, whatever it may be. We help each other. We help each other get counseling. We love. We put up with each other's faults. We do that. Now, if the alcoholic is abusive and shouting all over the house and hitting you and the children. He's got to be put out by the police if he won't leave. Absolutely. But when someone has a problem and the husband in that past email apologized and said he would stop. Now he didn't. And I don't know that I said to the woman who wrote in, I don't know that he wasn't sincere. I just think he's too weak. And that's the nature of addiction. So Uh, With this anonymous call left off the line that the husband should be put out, in your situation, dear one, being a victim of rape before marriage, the husband understanding that, saying that he was not, that pornography was not a problem, and that not only did he begin pornography, but he um, 
told the wife that he was the head of the household and he has to go she has to go along with it that's that is absolute abuse it is vacating his vocation it's abuse and he needs to leave he needs to reform he needs to change but he needs to leave in that case yes few answers are true across the board it off you know people say what do you do in this case what do you do in that case and often i say I wish you were on the line so I could ask you a few questions because there's no blanket answers. You're dealing with human beings. You're dealing with circumstances. It depends. Um, Someone uh, named Fatima wrote on uh, Facebook, Mother, are you a visitation sister? I am not. And that's probably because I love St. Francis de Sales and he's one of our patrons. No. Um, I took my novitiate at the uh, Holy at the Visitation of Holy Mary, a visitation sister, a visitandine in Massachusetts. Um, And that was founded by St. Francis de Sales and Jane de Chantal. And I love St. Francis de Sales, but I didn't become a visitation sister. I wanted to, actually, I've never talked about this before. I wanted to, if they would allow me to begin a, a visitation community that would reach out on the streets into families. And and they wouldn't because it's not their charism to become a visitation sister or a Carmelite or any other established. You have to live their charism. And I didn't wish to live that. For the most part, the visitation sisters are cloistered. Um, there are active uh, visitation sisters, but I did not wish to become part of any of them. I had this deep, deep dream um, to help restore God's design for the family. Um, so no Fatima, um, I am not a visitation sister and my habit is more Benedictine, but, um, visitation sisters, at least where I was in Tiringham, Massachusetts, they still wear the full, uh, visitation habit. Um, here's a Facebook entry from Martin. He says, you are right about the dangers of Catholics visiting Protestant Bible studies, but don't we still have a responsibility to work? for Christian and interfaith unity, we do not. We have no responsibility, Martin, to work for interfaith unity at all. Jesus prayed in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, that we would be one as he are, and the Father are one. We would be one in truth. Interfaith unity is not being one in truth. It's being one in utter confusion and falseness. No. We have no obligation to work for Christian and interfaith unity, not even Christian. We don't have an obligation to work for unity with non-Catholic Christians. We need to give them the truth, and we need to hold that we need to hold that right of theirs to have the truth. We can't hold it back by ecumenism. Okay, God bless you, and we'll speak with you all tomorrow. Mm-hmm.